Hey guys, Evan here. Welcome to Tuesday's episode of Locked On Cavs, the number one Cleveland Cavaliers podcast and part of the Locked On Podcast Network. On today's episode, Chris and I will be treating your ear holes with the sultry and seductive tones of our voices as we recap Cavs Grizzlies and the two massive turds that were Cavs Bulls and Cavs Knicks. Also, we discuss if Colin Sexton is actually a point guard or a scoring guard or what is he? You know, we actually don't really get that philosophical, but... It's fun to speculate. But hey, thanks again for listening. I hope you're having a good day. I hope you're doing well. If you get tired and you're driving, pull over. And if you get cold, put on a pullover. But again, thanks again for listening to Locked On Cavs, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. You are Locked On Cavaliers, your daily Cleveland Cavaliers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. All right, Chris. So I guess we'll just get things started. We'll go back and we'll work in reverse order. So what? let's start with Cavs-Grizzlies. And, you know, it was a surprisingly entertaining game going into it. It kind of felt like the Cavs were not favorites at all in this. And, you know, it ended up being a close one. Um, Colin Sexton finished with 28 for 28 points, 4 rebounds. This and then Kevin Love had 19 and 9, and then Darius Garland had 11 and 6. But thankfully, I didn't look like a total idiot because uh, John Morant only had 16 and 8 for that night. Because I was talking on Twitter about how Darius was going to lock up John. Thankfully, he didn't kill the Cavs totally. But you know, Dylan Brooks uh, had 26 and 2, and then you know, you, it's like I tweeted it during the game. You and I touched on this when we were previewing this. Um, Memphis is just such a fun team, and they're just really well assembled. I just can't say enough good things about them. Yeah, that that was also one of the games, and I think I feel the same way about Saturday. Um, I feel like the Cavs should have won both of those games. Frankly, I thought they played at a level for yeah. most of the games. Where like if they're if I don't know if it's they're more advanced in this this Renaissance process. Um, if they're you know, just not on this road trip. What if the circumstances are different? I don't like quite have a you know like a precise answer to that, but I do wonder if there's just a more if there's different ways where like they should have just won those games and things just kind of work out a little bit better. Um, you know, I I thought the Memphis game was really interesting, just considering like how highly I think of a lot of those guys. You and I kind of gushed over them last week, but um, it felt again it felt like a game that the Cavs like should have won. And I don't know if Mem- I I think Mem. Memphis is a little, the roster makes more sense. It's a better team right now. All that stuff I think is true. Um, I, mm-hmm. I don't think it's crazy to think that the Cavs like just on that night, at least should have won that game. I, that, that doesn't feel like particularly crazy to me to think that. No, I, I absolutely agree. And I think the Cavs just kind of had a solid over. I mean, Sexton overall just was awesome in this game. And maybe he kind of heard us poo-pooing on him a lot. And for somehow, some way, he did. But you also have to look at the bench production for the Cavs as well. They got 16 and 6 from Larry Nancy and 12 and 10 from now former Cavalier Alfonso McKinney. Um, but I mean, it's just, yeah, no, it was definitely felt like a winnable game for sure for Cleveland. And it's just a couple like mental lapses and just small mistakes down the stretch. Um, this was even more evident against Chicago. But no, just kind of maybe it was a bit of a premonition for the following night. But it was. Um, it was just a little bit of like a frustrating, not as a frustrating of a loss. I think I was just thoroughly entertained watching this game. It was fun watching, like you said, a Grizzly squad that we both gush over. So there's the fun, enjoyable experience to watch overall. And then, no, I mean, the young guys for the Cavs had a good night. Uh, and Kevin had a pretty solid night overall, but had an even better night 
the following night against Chicago. So, I mean, it's the Cavs aren't very good. So just you know, take what you can get with them. Yeah, I, I would say I think when I look at this game, the thing that stands out is it was the I think the maybe the highlight. I think definitely the highlight of Sexton's road trip. Uh, Thirty-four minutes, twenty-six points, the six assists. Or no, my, I think the points are wrong there. Oh yeah, uh, he had I was on the wrong box. Twenty-eight points, six assists, eleven to twenty-five was by far the the leading shot taker on the team. Um, you know, was three eight from three on the night where Kevin knows over six from three and kind of. That was pretty big for him to um, kind of have the scoring type of, even though like not as, as efficient as you might like, was kind of the the scoring night um, that he was kind of looking for. I, mm-hmm. you know, I think when I when I think about this, I, I have to go back and watch. It. I just haven't had time, but I wonder, you know, what he looked like defensively, um, kind of on Jaw. Like Jaw, you know, was was when you look at six of sixteen point seven of fourteen from the field, eight assists. It's so like a good game, you know, maybe not as the highs that we've seen from him this year, but I, you know, I mm-hmm. wonder if, um, you know, I, I wonder if I, I like to watch kind of his defensive effort. And cause I know he spent some time on Dylan Brooks who could, because just size wise, I think it's, that'd be a lot to ask of Darius Garland. Um, the McKinney thing is really interesting because like, I think this is the game that if you were to encapsulize, like why Cavs Twitter was a little baffled on, why McKinney is gone. I think this is a game where you certainly, I think would, would have a reason to, to think that was the case. Yeah, no, I, I would agree with that as well. I mean, if I don't know how much weight people hold in plus minus, but McKinney did leave the t- team in plus 20 in terms of plus minus. And then, like I said, he only played 27 minutes, but he gave the team 12 minutes, 12 points and 10 rebounds and two steals. And overall, I mean, I'm kind of touching on this for a piece I'm working on for Forbes, but he took the he McKinney made the most of the opportunity for this entire road trip as a whole. He even drew a start against the Clippers, and I mean, wasn't outstanding. I can pull up the exact numbers here, but he, I mean, hey, he had to defend Kawhi Leonard and had to actually go up against a pretty solid Clipper squad, and like you said, I was. Definitely surprised when the Cavs kind of sent the announcement our way that they signed Tyler Cook to a second 10 day, but not Alfonso McKinney. It just kind of raised an eyebrow for a little bit. Yeah, now I have the stats pulled up. He finished with seven points, five rebounds, one assist. I mean, in 21 minutes, but I mean, nothing like incredible, but no, McKinney just made the most of the opportunity, I think, on this road trip. And I'm this, like you said, this Grizzlies game kind of encapsulated why you can make a case for why he should have gotten a second 10 day deal and possibly even, you know, stick with the team for the remainder of the season because he is depth at a position of the need uh, at a position of need for Cleveland right now. Yeah, I think that's about right. Um, again, I think this is a game where you see like a lot about what's the thing about Memphis. You know, it was weird to see Jaron Jackson Jr. Be so limited because of foul trouble, but the Cavs really did kind of bait him into certain stuff. Um, you know, good to have Exum continue to be back, even though he his high certainly I think was pre his his kind of issue with the flu. And there's also like a, the stat wise, like nine of thirty six from three in this one. Um, if Kevin Love makes uh, two of his six threes, or if Osman makes uh, Osman, yeah. who's like uh, has looked great shooting mostly of late, makes one of his five. You know, if you just get like a little better shooting from some guys. Um, they probably win this game, and it, just them shooting so much worse from three than they normally would, you know, isn't uh, isn't like the is it just kills you. It just frankly just kind of crushes yeah, any yeah. chances you're going to kind of have of probably winning a game when some when you are out. like they could probably considering they outscored Memphis by twelve in the fourth. Um, 
to come mm-hmm. back from that 18-point loss in the third quarter after a pretty close first half. I think the cat like Memphis the Cavs are up by two at the, at the half. Like if they for them to come back in that third in that fourth quarter, if they just make a couple more threes, like they win this game, and that's like a positive, but it's also just like a very fr- if I'm John Beeline, if I'm the, that team, I'm pretty frustrated with just kind of how that ultimately ends up. No, I absolutely agree. And I mean, like you said, Kevin was, did not make a single three point attempt, and he had the second to the second to last shot technically, but it was the fully it was a good look for him overall. But Bayline put the ball in his hands and expected him to hit the game winning, or at least put the Cavs within one to finish the game. And then Sexton jacked up something with point two seconds to go. So yeah, no, it's just a couple small little things if they went the Cleveland's way and. Maybe if um, Tristan Thompson didn't get ejected for playing grab ass with Jay Crowder, it would uh, kind of make the so difference weird. going forward. But yeah, it's just a weird time overall, just like Jay Crowder's time in Cleveland. But no, it's eh, it is what it is, I guess. <laughs> that Nuggets win feels so so long ago at this point, especially after that performance against the Knicks, which we'll touch on soon. But uh, we're gonna take a quick break, and we will be back, and we'll talk about how. The Cavs falling night went Chicago, and uh, yeah, we'll be right back. When you start your hiring process, you may have questions. Will you find good applicants to choose from? What about education and experience? And how will you know you've made the right hire? Indeed is here to help. Millions of great candidates use Indeed every day to find their next opportunity, and you can post a job in minutes and use screener questions to help create your short list of applicants fast. Also, what skills? skills tests to test your job posts so you can be confident in your applicants abilities their library of more than 50 skills tests ranges from injury specific skills like accounting to general aptitude tests like critical thinking indeed gives you the smart tools to make hiring decisions quickly and to be confident that you're making the right hire for your team post your job today at indeed.com slash locked on and get a free sponsored job upgrade on your first posting. That's indeed.com slash locked on terms, conditions, and exclusions apply offer valid through March 31st, 2020. All right, we're back and we're going to now touch on the follow-up game to the Cavs back to back on this road trip. A little bit of a weird one. They actually had to stay over Memphis and Chris and I got a good chuckle out of it, but and uh, the Cavs just kind of touched down and missed their morning shoot around, but everything kind of seems like it was par for the course. And, you know, maybe the Cavs need to come into cities at the last possible minute and only play the first half because in the first half alone, Cleveland put up 73 points against the Bulls to Chicago's, I'm doing basic math here, 56. And like we just touched on earlier with the Grizzlies, Kevin Love and Jetty Osmond are locked in from three-point range. And, Boy, oh boy, was it disappointing to watch um, this game fall apart. Just to give a quick recap, Kevin Love had 29 points, 5 rebounds, 6 assists. He was 4 of 8 from 3-point range. Jetty Osmond had 16 points, 3 rebounds, 2 assists, 2 steals. He was 4 of 5 from 3-point range. I'm just stressing this because the Cavs shot 25% the night before against Memphis. Colin Sexton had 26 points, 7 rebounds, 2 assists, and was 4 of 6 from 3-point range. Darius Garland had 16 points and was 3 of 7 from three-point range and also added in five assists. But the big man on campus for Chicago was Zach Levine, who finished the night with 42 points, six rebounds and three assists and five steals. And he he killed the Cavs, and there's no other way to put it. It's just this is a game Cleveland should have won, and they got their butts absolutely kicked in the fourth quarter, getting outscored 31-14, to and just 
was overall like that Memphis game was fun to watch and I was okay with taking that loss. A few things could have gone Cleveland's way. This is a game the Cavs should have won and they absolutely blew it in the most Cavs way possible. <laughs> yeah, um you know, I I we'll talk about this one as well when we get to the Knicks loss which was even worse than this <laughs> but you know, I the cat. I think when you if you're a, a Cavs fan, like evaluating what's going on in the last week, the context of the fact that they played a back to back in LA, had these travel troubles going into Chicago, had a back to back from Memphis to Chicago, um, you know, even if that's not like a cross country flight or anything crazy like that, and then had to play like again a couple days later, um, like only having one other day off where you also had to you know, get home and, and kind of get reacclimated and everything like that. Like that's a, that's one of the things about playing in the NBA that is just incredibly, I think suboptimal. I think everyone it's, it's one of the things you can see stuff that works better on when um, you get spaced out in the schedule in the playoffs and you get a little more time to, to travel and not have to play in these really condensed spaces. Um, that being mm-hmm. said, like it is, it is one of those things where I'm just like a very unsure of, why I, I like again have not had a chance to rewatch. I need to do a dive into the numbers from that fourth quarter um, where they scored 14 points, which good lord. But like I, I just look at that and I and you look at the over. You just if you were to look at the box score and aside from Levine, no bull scores more than 17 points. Markinen at 17. Every cap starter scored at least 14 points with Sexton having 26, Kevin having 29. Um, you know, McKinney adds nine off the bench. You know, you're playing a little shorthanded, only playing nine guys in this one because Brandon Knight apparently just the, that that's over with for whatever reason. I don't think we have a good answer on that either. Perhaps I missed something. But you just look at like the production you got from most of your from your starters in particular, and it's just like how how do you lose this game? Um it's just like like the drop off from quarter three where you lose by two to being drove by 17 in the fourth is just like it's baffling um so again some of that could be travel but like that's that can't, to me that can't explain it all right like i don't i don't feel like it's insane to think mm-hmm. that i, I just, there's just something weird when when that happens i don't, I don't quite read it now if weird is actually the perfect way to describe it it's just a weird game like when i heard the calves um, weren't flying directly into Chicago and they're coming into Chicago the day of the game. I kind of thought to myself, well, this is the second of a back-to-back, the end of a very long road trip. I think Austin Carr and John Michael both said during the game, like, they're just ready to be home, like they're done with being on the road. And I imagine the team feels the same way. Um, I kind of expected this to be a bit more of a massacre, but then the first half happens and I'm like, holy cow, the Cavs are just locked in and ready to go. Like, let's just keep this gravy train rolling and we'll get on out of here with a nice win after a couple, just just a couple tough losses and they absolutely fell apart. It was just kind of, it's It feels weird to say that it was incredible to watch. It's just absolutely was. And I, I, I mean, I just, I guess I can't have an answer, but Zach Levine just went nuclear on the Cavs and they had absolutely no answer for him. And, it's just frustrating overall more so because Kevin Love had a really, really good night and he was taking advantage of the fact that the bull throwing Lori Markinen and Luke Cornett at him and even Thaddeus Young, who's no slouch, but Thaddeus Young isn't the player he used to be, especially in this system with Chicago and then Cristiano Felicio as well. I'm just naming all the names, but 
is just overall like a, just a frustrating game because there's just a steep drop off where the Cavs come out lethargic in the third quarter um, or sluggish, if you will. And then in the fourth quarter, like you said, they only put up 14 points and it's just kind of incredible that they blew this game. Like, I don't, I don't know how else to put it. It's just, I really could not believe it. I, I shut off that game actually angry for the first time in a while watching the Cavs game because it was a game that was within their grasp and they just let it slip through their fingers. Yeah, and like, look, Zach Levine um, took 31 shots, scored against 42 points. I also just love that the, the Zach Levine discourse is just like one of the, the one or weirdest ones. But 31 shots. Um, Evan, without looking, do you know how many three-pointers he took? Well, I, um, okay, I'll pretend I wasn't looking. Okay, he well, took he took six. six. Yeah, I should have. Pro- <laughs> we got this is this is what happens when you don't like do as detail outlines as we probably should. Um, only took four free throws, so like he, the Cavs got two pointed to death. Yeah, you know, it's, it's just, just the most. It, inif- it's just like what what are we doing here? Like, come on, like if you're gonna lose, at least have it be like Trey Young making thirty five foot threes or some shit. You know, like uh, no, it's just, it's just it's just like what are we doing here? Yeah, and. Everyone hold on to their butts because it's going to get even more fun when the Cavs play the Knicks. Um, so I think I'm kind of done talking about this game. It's just bringing back a lot of bad memories at this point. Um, the young guys look good. Jetty looked really good from beyond the arc. So this is my positive spin for this segment. Uh, Jetty looked good. Colin looked good. Darius looked good. Kevin looked good. Tristan, I mean, everyone, all the starters look great. But the Cavs pissed this one away, and there's no other way to spin it. So, you have, I mean, just um, do you forward. have any road trip takes? Like, do you have any final kind of road, like looking back at the road trip? Uh, do you have any just kind of final takes looking, considering what happened on it and everything like that? Um, the Lakers game, the Lake, well, the Cavs game against Denver, I'm still surprised happened. And I had a few people that covered the Nuggets that I, interact with on social personally um they're like saying oh yeah like a good game and stuff and then i kind of put two and two together that nuggets played out a team so makes sense um the lakers are incredible when they want to turn on when lebron wants to flip that switch and the lakers want to flip that switch and be on like they will be on and the clippers are really good too and then you know job was fun to watch and i don't know hopefully the young guys could took a lot of lessons from this and i think they did and Maybe after this Knicks loss, they took a really big lesson on just what the team they, what kind of team they want to be going forward, especially with the trade deadline looming. What about you? What did you take from this whole experience? Um, I learned that Darius Garland very much likes Los Angeles. <laughs> um, yeah, that's you know, he fair. Like, he made a he made a point to go out of his way, and like it got mentioned in like there's a story from um, a Cavs beat reporter basically being like he loves Los Angeles. I'm like, okay, cool. I'm like, great. Thank you. Um, took a picture with Freddie Gibbs, which was pretty great. Um, shout out to two natives of Gary, Indiana. Um, if you haven't listened to Pinata, please like go do that and then listen to the follow up. Um, you know, no, but like, I, I think it tells you like that the, like, the nuggets thing was clearly uh, the high, maybe the best one of their season overall. I, I think there's an argument for that. Um, you know, I think you also just look at everything that has happened, everything that, you know, this team is sort of sifting through and kind of figuring out as they go. Like, th- that's probably, this is probably the outcome that makes the most sense for the road trip. Um, 
that being said, like that does not make you feel good. Like it does a lot of the goodwill I had for the group coming out of the Nuggets game is sort of evaporated by the the Memphis and Chicago losses, and then even more so by this Knicks loss. And now I'm just sort of like wondering yeah. what, um, how I this this is one of those times where like we're gonna kind of I think learn a little bit what the Cavs medal is as a group because they just frankly got punched in the face a little bit by the schedule and by by their teams and everything. And I want to yeah. see how you know coming back on Thursday against Washington and then. Uh, continuing in Chicago again on Saturday and stuff like how would they respond to that? That'll tell us a little bit about this group, a little bit about um, what Beeline and the rest of that staff can get out of them when something like that happens. So I think at the very least, like there is something we can see what happens coming out of the road trip um, just in terms of what this group is really going to be made of the rest of the year. No, I'd agree with that. And I guess if you want to lump, I mean, the Memphis game kind of felt like it was out of reach just because of how incredible Jaw was playing, but Cleveland is playing Chicago. They played. Or they played Chicago, New York, and then they're playing Washington and Chicago again. Like you said, these are all winnable games for the Cavs and teams that are with more within their stratosphere at least going forward. So, no, like you said, is these are after coming off a road trip. Maybe that kind of help expl- explains the Nick loss and everything. But no, it is definitely going to test the Cavs' metal and just kind of see what this team exactly is made of heading into what possibly could be an exciting matchup. Next week, if Zion actually plays against the Cavs as well, and I don't know, it's just it's a weird time. Like it was just that game against Chicago was just a weird game, and the road trip overall, like the Nuggets win was a surprise. But everything, like the first, the two games in LA felt like par for the course. The Memphis game was fun, but that Chicago game was genuinely frustrating and just weird to watch. Yes. So, yeah, no, um, we'll be back in a minute just to wrap things up and talk about Cavs, Knicks, and actually talk about a few spicy takes. And, uh, yeah, no, stay tuned, and we'll be right back. We talk about physical fitness a lot, but there's another side of the game that's just as important. I'm talking about mental fitness. Calm, the number one app for sleep and meditation, has teamed up with LeBron James. I think we know this guy pretty well, actually. In your mind. LeBron and Calm know that your mind is like any other muscle in your body, and Calm can help you train your brain to so you sleep better, have less stress, and perform at your best. And we all know, for LeBron James, sleep is an important part of his mental fitness routine. Actually, he goes on to say, Getting good sleep and finding time to rest is one of the most valuable things I can do for my body and mind. And if you head to Calm.com slash LockedOnNBA, you'll get 40% off a Calm Premium membership. Can you believe that? A great deal. With it really is. With Calm, you have access to the na- nature scenes LeBron loves, like rain on leaves. I don't think you get a lot of that in LA, so I guess it's good you can listen to it. And so much more, like sleep stories and meditations. But for a limited time, our listeners can join LeBron using Calm with a 40% discount to an annual membership at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. Unlock content to help you focus, e-stress, and sleep better. Get started at calm.com slash LockedOnNBA. That's calm.com slash locked on nba all right guys we are back here on locked on Cavs. evan um Cavs knicks was not fun um what a turn yeah you know what like, like straight up I, I go into this one thinking okay like the track record of the season says that the Cavs can do will will do better against um teams that are also bad you know the knicks are mm-hmm. they, both these teams i think now have 12 wins after this one the Cavs lose 106 to 86. 106 to 86. Scored outscored 30 to 14 in the third quarter. As a team, Oof. the Cavs shoot 34% from the three. 
33% from three, 34% from the field, excuse me. Um, with Sexton and Garland shooting a combined 10 of 40 from the field, 10 of 40, love it. um, just not truly not what you want to see, but I, I just, I, I feel like a little bit, I can wipe this one away. Like I can sort of just like pretend this one didn't happen because of the schedule. Like, I do think this is a group that looked very lethargic, um, and everything like that. Like Tristan Thompson's like about one of the only good things because the dude had 22 rebounds and is just an absolute machine. But uh, Jetty shot well from three as well. But, you know, not a game that I think is indicative of a group that like is maybe the best at sort of navigating some of this stuff. And again, I do think I do think the the actual applicable take I have coming out of this game is that like when this roster right now, as it is so shorthanded, um, you know, like Henson's not playing right now. Knight's not playing for whatever reason. Like there's some weird stuff going on there. Um, this roster is just like very thin. And it's like, this is a night where like, you know, like maybe you should have played Tyler Cook more. Maybe um, McKinney would have made sense to bring back, but like no KPJ, no Windler. And like this, this group immediately becomes like an eight man rotation of guys that you're actually considering playing right now. And that's, I mean, that's mm-hmm. with, Delhi is the eighth guy only playing 13 minutes off the bench. Yeah. Now, um, to answer your first question real quick, Brandon Knight apparently has a sore left knee. That's why he's okay. not playing. But Get it, say, Getting ready for buyout season. Got it. Yeah. Something like that. But she's, I mean, hey, shout out to Kevin Love. He passed Kyrie Irving for third all time in franchise history for career made three pointers. So retire number zero. There's another case for me to make there's another point for me to make that case but yeah no this game overall is just brutal and not fun to watch um the knicks are a very weirdly constructed team um and i don't know really where they're going uh rj barrett didn't even didn't even play i don't know what his ailment is because i don't keep up on the knicks as closely but like he's their exciting youngest piece and then kevin knox isn't very good i'm just gonna go out and say it and Mitch Robinson, I like as a player, but he only finished with two point six boards and four blocks, and I think he's fun. Frank Nilakina, who I also am kind of bullish on, had six points, three rebounds, two assists, or six points, two rebounds, three assists, and it's just the Knicks are such a weirdly constructed squad where they want to play veterans and then not admit the fact that they are going to be bottom feeders of the Cavs and don't want to give minutes to their young guys, but. Cleveland gave a lot of minutes to their young guys, and like you said, a part of it is this is maybe why the Cavs should have brought back McKinney, at least on a second 10-day deal. Um, I think he would have helped a little bit because Dante Exum was actually playing the three tonight, and he is naturally a point guard by nature. And, you know, this actually is a great segue into my question. Is Colin Sexton a point guard? Yes or no? He um, he led the team in assists. Let's just give credit where credit's due. Look, um, uh, this this is one of the most annoying things to me because when I think of Colin, I think I I think it is unfair to like be like he is good or bad or like label him as sort of like um uh one thing or another and like he he is just like a point guard or is not a point guard and that that deems your val- determines your value of him. What I will say is, like, I look at him and I watch him play, and I think there's stuff he is clearly good at. There is stuff that he's like clearly skilled at. Passing is not one of them. Um, to I'm gonna 
bring up a stat here from that David Zavok, uh, friend of the pod, my cohort, if you're the sword, um, mentioned to me, or our cohort, you're you're there as well. To yeah. tweeted this, he described himself Monday. once as Cavs Twitter's overall grumpy guy. But. Yeah, he's he's an Eeyore. He's the, he's like a picture of Eeyore, from <laughs> like that. That is him. But um, he said Carmelo Anthony's assist rate in each of his first fourteen seasons were higher than what Colin Sexton has put together thus far this season. That's like really not good. Um, if Colin Sexton is going to have the ball that much i don't care if you like are bullish on him and think like there's other attributes of his game that is good and whatever if he is going to handle the ball and bring up the ball as much as he is that is insane to me that like you cannot just say like blankly say like he's fine because he's good at this other stuff um yeah like i do not think that the best version of colin i think i feel pretty good about saying this point is that he's just not he's not going to be a lead guard like that so oh <laughs> I that's just I I also don't want to be like hand waving it like there are certain people covering this team that are doing right now. I do not think you can just like hand wave this and be like ah it's fine. Like that is stupid to me. That is just that is that is shill season shit. Yeah. No, I I'd agree. And if, if you want to also just if people want to like know what I'm specifically referencing, look at my Twitter. That is all I'm going to say. Yeah, like you can find it. You can find it. It's not uh, you. You and um, shout out to uh, Space One Mars. Um, have that yeah. like etch. It's it's there. You you can find it pretty easily. And even if I decide no, I sent, to like go the coward's way out, it's there. I sent it to uh, Ty Windish. Shout out to Ty Windish, friend of the pod. Um, <laughs> I said Chris just landed, just Chris just landed a kill shot tonight, and he's just like, oh wow, he really did that. And I'm like, yep. I've been but, I've been doing these um, things for months because I probably not best for my you know for me overall but whatever i just i just eh, i'm i'm eh. 2020 is chris just i just look guys let's just be better let's not be morons continue exactly but it's funny you mentioned space from mars and he and i like had a quick exchange about it too where he said sexton um has no vision whatsoever and i was you know it's just a popular joke you know um going around on Cavs Twitter is, you know, he's trying his best. And he, like, actually got serious with me. I'm like, no, buddy, I was actually joking. I think at this point, the Cavs have to break up this tandem of Sexland. Like, shout out to Haley O'Shaughnessy. If you haven't listened to that episode yet, please do. It was a fun one. Haley's a delightful a guest. Great joke. But Benny, a wonderful joke on that episode. Exactly, exactly. And, um... I think the Cavs have to break this up at this point. Even if Kevin Porter is hurt, who you and I both, I think, are firmly in the camp that if Kevin Porter was healthy and kind of kept this growth that he was and this trajectory that he was on, like he could have be cementing himself as making a case to be like the starting two guard, even the three, and he could put Chetty into the two. But I think it's a disservice at this point by this coaching staff to pair Colin Sexton and Darius Garland for meaningful minutes together because Garland looks so much more comfortable when he's the lead guard operating in offensive sets and Colin sits. And then you notice as soon as Bayline tries to do the same thing with Colin, the offense falls apart entirely and it just, it looks like a sloppy mess out there. And it's just, I like Colin as a person. I like him as a player. I think he's exciting and he's fun to watch, but like you said, he's, I just think at this point we're 1.5, one and a half seasons into his career at this point, past that, and 
I think it's just safe to assume he's not a league guard in the NBA. And shout out to Spencer Davies, another friend of the pod, another just overall good guy on Cat who covers this team like nobody else. He and I were having just like an offhand conversation one day at um, practice, and I told him, I said, listen, man, I just, I don't see this pairing working. He's like, I agree. And he said to me, Colin would be best as, and, I, and then I said, Colin should be the team six man. He's like, oh, he could be Lou Will. And I don't think he can be the player to Lou Will's capability, but I can see in that vein where you have Colin as the backup guard coming off the bench and you have him operating as the team six man. I think his numbers are almost exactly the same. I'm almost positive of this at that, of this at that point. And it's just super frustrating. I think we've talked about the same point for like, however, probably since I've joined this podcast as your co-host and it's just, Super frustrating overall because people still get really up in arms about even flirting with the idea that maybe Colin is better suited coming off the bench. And at eighth overall, I think if you got an elite six man, that's not bad to say that he, you can't say he's a bust and he's not a bust. But I think at this point, the team views Garland as a team's point guard of the future. And I feel like it's stunt, it's going to stunt his development long term if you don't properly put pieces next to him to allow him to thrive and operate and i guess my counterpoint to that is with kevin porter jr hurt why don't you give dante axum a little burn i mean he covers a lot of garland's defensive uh, deficiencies and everything and i feel like the ball just moves better when bayline i mean brandon knight's hurt but like he at times can run like a three-point guard set where garland is the lead guard and it's either axum or knight and then della vadova who bums me out every time he touches the floor at this point, but I feel like those sets are a lot more enjoyable to watch than watching Garland and Sexton play buddy ball with each other and just like my turn, your turn kind of thing. And it's just, that's where my frustration lies. And I mean, like there's a lot of reasons why you could say the Cavs lost to the Knicks, but I'm looking at the finer details here and this game overall is just a big turd. <laughs> and um, yeah, I, I think at this point we're just kind of, I think we should case. have the, the detailed. Yeah. I think we should have the detailed Sexton um, conversation at some point. I don't know when that'll be. Maybe we'll, we'll get to it here soon, but I think it's worth having. Um, I'm going to ask you one last thing as we get out of here. Okay. Um, I tweeted a list of Cavs players. It, so. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to read you some of the highlights of this list. The okay. Cavs have had a lot of characters wear the number three. Okay. Matt Mooney, uh, new two-way player, is is the latest one. Oh, here, no. here's the the. I'm not going to read the full list, but here are just some of the notable ones: Craig Elo, Sasha Pavlovich, okay. Sebastian Telfair, okay. Ramon Sessions, Deanne okay. Waiters, Kendrick Perkins, Derek Williams, Mike Dunleavy, George Hill, Isaiah Thomas, Patrick McCaw, Kobe Simmons, Marquise Chris, Cameron Payne. Who are you? If you tag yourself, well, I mean the. Cass fan of me says Elo, but um, in my lifetime, when I actually watched this team, oh god, this is such a sharp choice. Um, you know what? I'm just gonna stick with my boy Dion Waiters and just ride them until I die at this point because chaotic, chaotic evil, chaotic, chaotic evil at this point because you'd have to hold a gun to my head and tell me my failure is in danger if you wanted me to pick Isaiah Thomas. What about you? <laughs> um, I, I will just say I rem- I distinctly remember like before the that season's like home opener. I think um, I saw like a whole family of four like wearing Isaiah Thomas jerseys, like matching Isaiah Thomas jerseys, like right outside the arena. Um, I, ho- I, I feel really 
Yeah. Like they, oh, no. they all got like the jerseys, like they they really Don't like spent like a good probably like 150 bucks on Isaiah Thomas jerseys. Um what a waste. I hope they yeah, tough look for that family <laughs> to really just go all in on Isaiah. Um in my head, I think I'm a George Hill, but you know, in my in reality, like am I more of a Pat McCaw? Probably. Um I think it's I've totally I every time I look at this list and I, I look at it maybe like once every once in a while. I don't know how that often, but I always there's always someone I forget. Like this time I forgot about Sebastian Telfair. I forgot Sebastian Telfair played for the Cavs. Yeah, same. Yeah. I mean yeah. Sasha Pavelbick yeah. overall. Good guy. Kendrick Perkins laid out Jay Crowder in the playoffs, so good um, guy. But then 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 the list snowballed a little bit and that's what he kinda heard me going, Oh no, in the background. <laughs> Well, I quite like Derek Williams. Um, you know, killing it in Europe right now, for my all counts, which is good. Um, yeah, I don't know. It's a weird list. It's a it's a very very weird list when you just look at the, the people that have wore number three. And um, you know, I I won. I, I remember technically the one person who, who should be on this list but isn't, but because he never played an actual game, is is Sindarius Thornwell. So they've actually had two guys wearing number three this year. Mm. Maybe number three is Curse because Sindarius was the preseason MVP for the Cavs. Yeah. If you check his Twitter, look legend. Look, I, I I ride with Sindarius. Good quote. <laughs> um, yeah, so Sebastian Sasha Pavlovich probably cursed it once he left. That's that's probably what happened here. Yeah. Um, Evan, any final probably. thoughts as we wrap it up? Um, the Cavs just man, they make me mad because. I feel like this is a game they could have won, and they were in it for a bit, and then the third quarter happened against the Knicks, but. You know what? They're back at it again on Thursday against Washington. I'll come in with a fresh perspective, and I'll probably be just as annoyed when they lose. So, yeah, no. What about you? Do you have any final thoughts before we wrap this show up? No, the Cavs are bad right now. Uh, they're bad in general, and uh, that's 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 the summation of these last three games. That the Cavs are bad at basketball, um, and it's not always going to be good. Uh, but for myself, for Evan, this has been Locked On Cavs. We'll be back tomorrow. Um, doing some other stuff, have some fun stuff scheduled for this week. I will be traveling. So if the quality is a little different, that is why, but uh, you're still going to get your shows and hope everyone had a good Monday off. Or if you didn't hope you got some time to relax and we'll talk to you again here very shortly.